It's Brent by Mars with the pitch. One on and hit the right field. Lay back there. Lay back there. Oh, God! Parker Quinn! Parker Quinn! Parker Quinn! Scheffler gets away towards the dugout. Here comes Bianco! Tigers win! Tigers win! All right, welcome into another edition of Tigers win. Cody Worsham, Harrison Valentine joining you from the LSU Gold Studios back in Baton Rouge as we're going a different direction with this episode of Tigers win and really with Tigers win as we move forward into the baseball postseason. Normally this is a podcast about LSU's coaches or student-athletes and picking their brains for success. Now it's about, at least for the postseason, it's about when LSU wins on the baseball diamond. And uh, so we're coming to you after LSU's 10-3 win over South Carolina. Uh, Harrison, it was a good day for the Tigers. It was, as I tweeted after the game, I think if Jay Johnson had scripted an, uh, a result in a way that the game played out, I don't think he could have scripted it any better than this one. You got the hits from the lineup. Uh, I think everyone in the starting lineup either got a hit or scored a run. You got a good start that was great for a while from Thatcher Herb, but ended up being a very good start. And then you got a lockdown bullpen performance from Nate Ackenhausen that kept your arms fresh. Really everything that could have gone right for LSU against South Carolina went right today. Yeah, contributions from everyone today. Like you said, Cruz, Pearson, White, Morgan, Travinsky, and Joe Bear all finished with two hits on the day. And, you know, this lineup is absolutely relentless. I think I have a stat here where it says 27 games with 10-plus runs, which is tied for most in college baseball. When you combine that quality starting pitching, that quality relief, uh, this is a team that's a lot, of hand, lot to handle, and it's, it's going to feel like nobody can, can beat that type of LSU team. Yeah, let's, let's do this episode um, this way. Let's go through the lineup first, the, the pregame lineup, our sort of reactions to the lineup. Let's go through the game, and then let's end on some magic moments. Um, and, and I completely agree with your assessment because when you look at this lineup, the, the, the one question and the one point of frustration and the one point of fear for LSU fans is the bullpen, it's been inconsistent, it's struggled at times, um, certainly. I don't think anyone would deny that. But Regardless of that, the reason LSU is where they are is two reasons. Paul Skeens and then the, the, the potency of this lineup. So the bats are going to carry LSU a long way. It's just can the bullpen arms keep them there and keep them from stepping on their own toes. So when I go to this game, it's a 9.30 a.m. game. It's the first game of the SEC tournament. It's a different approach for LSU this year with the SEC tournament. For years, it was the Palmineri Invitational, right? And it was it was LSU was going there and not only playing to win, and of course they're playing to win this weekend, but favored to win. This year feels much more like a. We're, I don't think Jay Johnson's approach, and I think he's spoken about this ahead of the tournament. He's not going there to win the tournament as in that's his end goal. The end goal is to win the national championship. So everything they're doing this week is in alignment with that. So they're not going to save Paul Skeens for the most important game. They're not going to you know pitch guys out of order to win the tournament. They're going to stick to their long-term plan, right? And this tournament is a part of that long-term plan. So what was intriguing, one, was Thatcher Hurd getting the start, and then the construction of the lineup with Cruz staying at leadoff, Pearson the two-hole, you had White and Morgan um, behind them, you had Morgan at first base for the first time in a while, um, you had Travinsky obviously starting a catcher with his hot bat, uh, and then you had Beloso, Thompson, Jobert, and Dugas in the nine-hole, 
a very interesting lineup construction. And my first reaction, Harrison, when I saw this was you don't have White protecting Cruz, um, which has sort of been the theme all year long. How will, will Cruz um, fare there? And I think Jay was actually asked about this after the game. What was what went into you thinking um, putting Dylan Cruz in that leadoff spot, right? I don't think we have a clip for this. We'll play some clips throughout the episode. But he said, I've only got 12, 15 more games with him. I just want him to get as many at-bats as possible. I'm kidding, sort of, is what he said, right? And it almost puts more pressure on Cruz to have him at the top of the lineup without White behind him. But, boy, did he step up today going two for four, two runs. He had a walk. Um, so gets on base 60% of the time uh, today. Really set the table well for this LSU lineup. Yeah. Did you listen to Jay's pre-SEC tournament press conference? Yeah. You talked about his approach. Something that was really interesting that he said was he was asked that – how does this tournament affect what you do next weekend? And he was like, no, 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 it's the opposite. Like, how does this tournament affect what you do next weekend? Yeah. In terms of pitching, in terms of hitting. Uh, it was definitely an interesting lineup card, you know, sandwiching Pearson between Cruz and White. You kind of have, like, two leadoff guys from Dugas to Cruz. Um, it was definitely interesting. But, I mean, like this lineup always does, it produces 10 runs, uh, and the Tigers win uh, over South Carolina. So. Lineup was well constructed, a different construction. Jay is not afraid to to mix it up and make changes. Um, but I think Thatcher Hurd getting the nod today, that was another question mark. Um, who would be that game one starter for LSU? Um, we'll get to the game two starter uh, a little bit later in the show. But Thatcher Hurd got the nod for LSU. It was uh, it was a good, an interesting call from Jay. I think going into it, there would have been a few candidates for the start. Um, but I think Thatcher, the way that he's pitched lately, there's been a couple hiccups, but he's had some, you know, whether it was today or even before this, um, the extended outing last weekend against Georgia where he gets the win on Friday night. Um, go back to the beginning of the season against Texas on the road. He's put together some good, solid five, six-inning stretches. He's obviously got a few saves throughout the season. There have been some some moments where he's struggled, but for the mo- not even for the most part, there's been some real – displays of his potential and dominance. And so they were certainly counting on that uh, coming in today. That's probably why he got the ball and the nod. And then he delivered with a, uh, a great start, a really great first four innings, ran into some trouble, got himself out of it in the fifth, goes into the sixth, gets in a little more trouble. Uh, Nate Ackenhausen then comes in on the back end, and, and we'll talk about more on that in a second. But really, I think Thatcher Hurd, what you wanted from him was what you got from him today. Yeah, it feels like a good Thatcher Hurd is – an X-Factor and a game-changer come NCAA tournament time. Five and a third innings pitch, four hits, three earned runs, four strikeouts on 100 pitches. Like you said, wasn't perfect, but he did his job and super encouraging outing to kind of just set the tone for tournament play here in Hoover. I think what I liked about Thatcher's start is that he showed through those first four innings how dominant he can be. Was he perfect through four? He was perfect through three maybe going into the fourth. Um, ran into a little trouble, worked his way out, and then obviously ran out of gas in the fifth, but in the sixth. But you saw not only what he's capable of, but that he's actually capable of more. Like as good as he was today, and this is this is exactly what what LSU needs from everyone but Paul Skeens. From everyone but Paul Skeens who starts, whether it's Ty Floyd, Thatcher Hurd, anyone else that gets a start at any point, you just need five. Just go out there and give us five, and give us four runs or less because our lineup is so good having scored as you said earlier in the podcast Harrison 10 runs 27 times this year we just need you to get 
get our give our hitters a chance, right? Just give our lineup a chance. Um, Thatcher Hurd absolutely did that today. Uh, so I, I think that's exactly the the roadmap for a starter for LSU moving forward. Now, when you look at and let's do this, let's go ahead and jump to one of those sound bites because Jay did talk about Thatcher Hurd after the game. Harrison's going to pull this up here for those watching on LSU Gold or for those listening on the podcast network. Here's Jay Johnson talking about what Thatcher Hurd gave LSU today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's he's. I think he's five and two, and he has three saves. So he's been a part of eight wins in the decision. Uh, I think it's short-sighted to not look at the success that he's had. And uh, we put him in and left him in at Georgia because he had the stuff to get us through a really good lineup. And that's a really good lineup uh, that was scoring a lot of runs early. And he's executing at a high level. And, um, you know, when you get a guy like Paul doing what Paul's doing, it, it can get distract a little bit. But he's had a great season and looking forward to more out of that from him. So Jay's tone in that answer was very interesting. Before I talk about it, we do have to talk about sort of a comical element to this game, and this isn't the first game we've seen this, but I think the broadcast really made something of this today. So you saw Thatcher Hurd wearing Paul Skeen's glove during the start, and Thatcher talked about that after the game. We'll play that soundbite in a second. What I loved is that as social media caught on to this, there started being a lot of references. I don't know if you saw this, Harrison. People were talking about Like Mike, where you get the, the – it's the old movie, for those who don't know. I guess it's not that old. You were probably pretty young, Harrison, when it came out. But a little bow, starting a little Bow Wow where he finds a pair of shoes or Michael Jordan's old shoes, he becomes a great player when he puts on the shoes. See, I, I was thinking more Rookie of the Year where he's wearing his mom's glove and he peels up the glove and he sees, like, the good luck in there. I don't know. That's, that's more the vibes I got. But here's, here's Thatcher Hurd uh, talking about his day and why he started using one of Paul Skeen's gloves. Yeah, I thought I was able to, you know, command the fastball. Um, just trying to go right at him, throw it over the white. Uh, it's the best way to do it. And uh, my glove broke the other day, so I've been using Paul's hand-me-down. And it's got good mojo, so I'm keep rolling with it. So that wasn't even the best example of Thatcher's tone throughout the press conference. But him and Jay, both in that post-game press conference, very stoic, very businesslike. A couple one-word answers from – from Paul Skeens, what do you remember, Harrison? What he one worded answered? That there was one where it was like really, really stark, where they asked him a question, and it was just a no was his answer. I, I don't even remember did, what it is. Oh, did pitching at nine forty five affect how you yeah through today? Yeah, it was like absolutely not. Yeah, it, he didn't even say absolutely that. He just, just said no. no. Yeah. I mean, he, there was two or three one word answers. So there was a tone of business like. Pretty calm, pretty B- stoic. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and yeah. same from Jay where. He wasn't, um, yeah, Thatcher gave us what we needed today. No, Thatcher Hurd is a good pitcher. He's had good starts all year long. This is what we expect from him. This is what he delivered moving on. He didn't make a big deal out of the pitching performance, and it it wasn't perfect. There's things he could have done better for sure. But I think a lot of fans were probably feeling energized, excited. Hey, if Thatcher, as you said, X factor. If he pitches like this, our ceiling is, is unlimited, right? Jay was, no, this is what we expect from Thatcher Hurd. He's a good pitcher. This is what we're getting from him. We talked about this while we were watching the game, and we've got a soundbite of Jay talking about it as well. But he kind of hinted in the press conference that we're probably going to see Paul, you know, tomorrow. With how Hurd looked today, could this be a possible rotation, regional rotation lining up with with Hurd game one, Skeens game two, Floyd game three? How do you see that kind of affecting how LSU lines up in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, so I, I got to pull up the the 
press conference transcript now because I was thinking that going into the press conference, I said, this might be the formula, right? This might be the formula if you – because we've all been thinking about that, right? We're not just thinking – just like Jay Johnson isn't just thinking about the SEC tournament, we're all thinking about regionals and super regionals and what does that path look like. And so I was thinking about that going into the press conference of, all right, well, maybe this is – you know, maybe this is a path forward. And I feel like Jay – I don't feel like – I know at some point he very much hinted – at, and I don't think we have the soundbite clipped, very, very much uh, hinted at this being what Thatcher Hurd can do. Let me see if I can pull up the quote here. He talked about uh, he threw five shutout innings at Texas. He's had really good starts along the way. Against Sanford or Butler, he looked like a major leaguer that night. Last Thursday against Georgia, he executed at a high level. I have a lot of confidence in him. That's why I've continued to pitch him. At some point, Jay was asked about that, uh, that that role and that Thatcher role, and he very much hinted that, yeah, Thatcher very well could be the guy that gets to start in game one of a regional, which would be a, a super interesting approach because you're not throwing Paul Skeens in that game. Um, you are going to lean on Thatcher, or you're going to lean on someone else of that caliber in that game, and so very uh, very much an interesting uh, approach uh, from Jay Johnson and, and Thatcher Heard delivered. But it's it's I won't, I won't say it's risky, but when you have Paul Skeens in that game too – of a regional, or in this case, SEC tournament. Really, you just need that guy to, to go in there and get the job done, and Thatcher absolutely got the job done today. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about Thatcher Hurd, um, not the only guy that, that stood out on the mound today. Um, and Thatcher did wiggle his way out of one jam, but in the sixth, he got another jam, bases loaded. Uh, at that point, Jay uh, brought in Sam Dutton for one batter, Dutton threw, I think, five pitches. Only one of them was a strike. Five-pitch walk. You go to Nate Ackenhausen, bases loaded. And uh, and he certainly delivered in that moment, which maybe we'll dive into a little bit more later. But then goes 3.2 innings, just the one hit. Did walk three, but six strikeouts. Um, really, really outstanding performance. Gets the save in the game. Exactly what you needed. Not only did he sort of get you out of the last bit of trouble that you were in, um, as South Carolina was threatening there in the sixth, but then just shut it down from there and save your arms for the rest of the week. I don't know if you caught it, but at the end, I think it was in the ninth, and he had just walked two batters, and Jay kind of looked at him, and Ackenhausen was like, nope, you're not taking me out. Like, I'm finishing this game. Pitched with a lot of swagger today, pitched with a lot of confidence, like you said, three innings strong, one hit, no runs, six Ks on 67 pitches. Uh, It was fun to watch him out there. He, we're going to talk some magic moments in a second. Uh, He was obviously one of Jay's magic moments. Jay gave three out today. But the one-two punch of Hurd and Ackenhausen was a, a very positive sign uh, for the Tigers today. No doubt about it. And so for him to step up in that moment and deliver, I think not only what it does for your bullpen in terms of saving arms and keeping guys like Javen Coleman or Gavin Guidry or Riley Cooper, whoever are going to be those guys out of the pen, keeping those guys fresh for the weekend potentially, think about the confidence it injects into that bullpen, right? This is a bullpen that's been – criticized that struggled certainly towards the end SEC play in a couple series that you lost um, they've they've not delivered as they needed to deliver well this is a, a a throw down the gauntlet type of game against the number six team in the country and by the way I can't help but but be a little I don't want to be this guy Harrison and I apologize and I apologize to the listeners for being this guy 
man, imagine if we'd have played that other that extra South Carolina game and you win it. Then you then you end up with 20 wins in the SEC. I know you can't play in that world, but the way that LSU performed today, it's like, can we just can we retroactively count that to the regular season? So this is my question. Do you think taking that into account, LSU comes into this tournament with a big chip on their shoulder, or do you think this is kind of like a tune-up? I th- I think for I think for this team, their approach to this tournament is very different than the fan base's approach. I think our fan base is sitting back. I'm sitting back, trying to figure out how do I put this player in this position. How do I organize the lineup, organize the pitching rotation, where you give yourself a chance to win every game, but you set yourself up for the the the, the regional and the super regional as well. I think the team Jay has the plan, and I think he's got a very clear vision of what it's going to take in terms of when do I start guys, how do I construct the lineup. I think his message to the team is you came here, whether you're Thatcher Hurd or Nate Ackenhausen or Braden Jobert, you came here to deliver in these moments. So deliver. And so I think they're going into every game expecting to win, whether Ackenhausen's on the mound, Skeens is on the mound. I think they're expecting to score 10 runs every game. And I, I think they're expecting to pitch a shutout every game I think that's the mentality that you're that Thatcher heard was you could hear in his tone a little bit um I think I think that's how the team feels right now the team I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder I think they let they feel like not that they let the SEC get away from them that that should have been their title and they I think they really want to win this tournament I don't think Jay is going to coach in a way that maximizes their chances of winning this tournament at the expense of the next couple of weekends. But I think their team mentality is we don't care who's on the mound. I don't care if who's at the plate. We're going to win this battle. And that that's the tone that came across for me. Am I, am I reading that right? Is that what you yep, felt from That's him? definitely what I felt. I'm looking at the uh, scoreboard here. Texas A&M is up 4-1 to one over Arkansas. Who, who would you rather face in the next round, Arkansas or A&M? I think I'd rather – face A&M just based on where they're seated and the records and the matchups I, I promise you the team doesn't care like they are that they've got that locked in mentality and it look we may come back tomorrow and they don't win the game and all of this doesn't age very well but the vibe I'm getting the vibes they're giving off is a little bit different than we've seen from them this year and Jay Johnson's good at a lot of things as a coach he's a hell of a recruiter his offensive development is undeniable, but I think the psychological piece, very, very underrated for him. I think he's a, a very, very in tune psychologically um, wired coach. I say that both from observation, <laughs> I say that from experience and some of the conversations that I've had with him uh, in the past and in the recent past. Um, I get the vibe that this team is completely locked in. Uh, in a way that's that's um, certainly paid off today, which was good to see. Now we talked a lot about the pitching, Harrison. We got to talk about the bats, and we've hinted at it. Um, but the bats stepped up today. You mentioned some of the numbers. I'm gonna pull up some of the comps here because this was a 10-3 game, and yeah. the stats feel like a 10-3 game. So LSU had 12 hits today. They hit 364 as a team compared to South Carolina, who had just five hits and hit 156 as a team. LSU with two outs hit 417, five for 12. With runners on, 9 for 17, 529. With runners in scoring position, they hit 500, 5 for 10. With runners on third and less than two outs, they got the, that guy home five out of six times. And advancement opportunities, 17 to 24, 71% of the time. So they they just consistently delivered as a lineup. You had two in the second, you had four in the fifth, two in the sixth, two in the seventh. A lot of, I think, what Jay Johnson would call professional at-bats throughout the game from a lineup that's 
if it's not the best in the country, it's it's. You know what? It, it is the best in the country, in my mm-hmm. opinion. This is the powerhouse of college baseball, and they are delivering, and they deliver today. Yeah, LSU created some separation with four spot in the fifth, thanks to a couple walks, a couple sack flies. Like you said, 10 runs on 12 hits today. But the Tigers really broke it open in the seventh, right? They broke it open in the seventh with Cruz singling to center field and White singling to right center. Runs are never a premium with this lineup, so it's always fun to watch. Yeah, let, let's pivot to the magic moments and I think we're going to have the same magic moments that Jay did but for me it um we'll give them out on our own the first one that I would nominate is the Joe Bear home run early in the game to give you that two nothing lead in the bottom of the second it was uh you know there, there's been some I've seen it at least some criticism of Joe Bear why does he stay in the lineup he's had some defensive moments this year that he'd like to have back that's why he's in the lineup right there is because with one swing of the bat he could change the game, and so he uh, he stepped up in that moment. Uh, I believe Jordan Thompson had just walked. You've got Thatcher Hurd, who's um, out there, and, and you want to give him some run support, get him, give him confidence, because Thatcher's definitely a confidence-based pitcher. When he's feeling confident, when he's in a rhythm, he can be really, really good. You give him a little support. Um, he's really, really good. And so Joe Bear stepped up in that moment, absolutely blasted one to right field on a day where the ball was not flying out, out of the park. I mean, there was some – Cruz had one early in the game that he – I think it was his – First at bat, smoked the center field. Felt like off the bat, it's going out of the park. Caught at the warning track. Not a home run day. I, th- I feel like the wind was blowing in from from left. Um, but you know, when you have Joe Bear at the plate and he steps into one, doesn't matter. So my my first magic moment would be second inning. Brayden Joe Bear steps up to the plate, hits one out out of the park uh, to right field to give you that, that here good if start. You want me to play it. Want me to play Brayden Sunbite? Yeah, go for okay, it. Cool. You know, I, I feel like we're firing on all cylinders today. Um, you know, that just happened to be the start of it. And, um, you know, we have amazing players, one through nine. So, you know, if I'm in the eight hole and Dylan's leading off, I still feel like I'm going to hit. So I've, I've never been on a team that it's been like that, you know. So we have, you know, amazing players, one through nine. And, um, you know, if we just play our ball, we feel like nobody, uh, nobody can handle us. Imagine being an opposing pitcher or opposing pitching coach. And you look at the bottom of the lineup, and it's Gavin Dugas and Braden Jobert and Jordan Thompson, like all guys who can change the game with one swing of the bat, all guys who are hitting right at 300. Jobert's at 319, um, Dugas at 288, Thompson's down at 258, but has some real pop in his bat. Like you get through the tough part of the lineup, and you just get to another tough part of the lineup. This this is a really really potent offense, and um, you can say a lot of things about this team. You can never question the the quality of that bats are getting at the plate. Yeah, so for my magic moments, I really look to the pitching because I feel like if LSU wants to go to where they want to go to this year, it's really going to be reliant or dependent on performances like Hurd and Ackenhausen had today. So that, from both a, a fan and a professional standpoint, was probably the most encouraging. We know about Skeens. We know about Floyd. Great to see that out of uh, Ackenhausen, Hurd, and look to continue that moving forward. Yeah, I thought when Ackenhausen shut, slammed the door um, with the base loaded, it was 6-3 at that point. Uh, in the top of the six. He came in after Dutton had walked, and think about it psychologically, that's a tough spot to step into. Uh, he did get a call that I will take that call 100 times out of 100. It felt like a ball. I believe it was a full count, so it would have been ball four. Uh, I believe it was the strikeout to get the, the the second out of that inning, and then he got the ground ball in the next one. Very happy with that call. Glad it worked out. Um, but he did he did his job. He came in. He the, the phrase that was going through my head when he came in was the old Skip Bertman phrase, hold the rope. 
you got to have somebody come in in that moment and hold the rope. And Dutton wasn't able to do it in his one crack at it. Uh, Ackenhausen came in. Actually, the, going back to that call, and this just shows you how thin the, the the lines and the margins are here. Dutton had one that was very similar, kind of on the edge. You wanted him to get it. They squeezed him on it. He didn't get the call. Ackenhausen gets it, and then from there slams the door. But I thought that that moment in particular where he stepped up was uh, was massive. Um, let's, let's look ahead to tomorrow. Harrison, you, you mentioned the A&M um, score right now leading Arkansas. Very curious to see. Uh, is it update there? What is it, 4-1 still? 4-1, bottom seven. Okay. Um, so we'll see what happens with, with that one. Um, but regardless, I think it's going to be a Paul Skeens day. I think it's going to be a, a, a Paul day. Jay Johnson was asked if it was a Paul day uh, after the game, and uh, he gave a cagey answer, less cagey than I expected, but still a little cagey. Pitching plans for tomorrow, are we going to see Paul? I think you would want to come to the game tomorrow. No, we, we want to see who we're playing, and, um, you know, that uh, factors into it. Next week factors into it, and uh, we have a good idea um, of what we're going to do and excited to, to get to tomorrow's game with getting this one under our belt. So, expecting to see Paul Skeens, um, who, if it's Arkansas – uh, he was fantastic against Arkansas, as we looked at earlier today. I think he gave up two hits in seven. A game that LSU actually lost, if you recall. It was the first game of that series. Went into extras. Uh, Chase Shores came in in relief. Did a good job. Got in a little trouble. Um, Christian Little came in. Couldn't couldn't hold the rope in that moment. And Arkansas attacked on a bunch of runs uh, in in that. Um, in the I think it was the top of the tenth. And then from there, you know, LSU kind of wasn't able to put together enough run support in time to uh, to get a win there, but ended up winning the series the next day in a doubleheader. Uh, if it's A&M, Skeen's shoved against A&M too on the road. So uh, regardless, you got to feel good going into a game too, and it's uh, it's Paul Skeen's toe in the rubber. Only so many of these left. One of the best to do it at LSU. Uh, one of those pitchers you rearrange your schedule to watch. So I'll be watching. It'll be 4.30 instead of 9.30. So for those getting home from work, you'll, you'll be able to – Watch one of the greatest to ever put on the uniform, pitching for LSU for one of his final times. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pleasure to watch him throw. Uh, just to plug other content, if you're a Gold subscriber or if you're a podcast listener, you may have seen or heard our podcast with Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja, uh, who breaks down major league pitchers all the time and uh, broke down Paul Skeens with us. And it's just, it's one of those things, man. Like I look, I, I look back to great athletes that LSU had and. You kind of wish you could freeze those moments when they're here. Uh, Paul Skeen's chasing that strikeout record. It's must-see TV every time. It's another, what, 9.30 is the, the pitch time tomorrow again. Is it correct? Um, I, th- I think it's – Let's look at it. I think we're playing at 4.30, right? LSU's in the afternoon. Let's yeah. go Let's go fact-check this in real time. This is professional podcasting. Let's see what Bill Frankes' uh, recap says. You're correct, 4.30 tomorrow. So I was wrong. Uh, for the first time in my life, I was incorrect about something. I apologize for that. So it'll be a 4.30 start. And But my incorrect uh, guess there does remind me of why I think Thatcher Hurd is going to get the start in game one of the regional, or could, based on what Jay Johnson said today. Do you or Is it ringing a bell for you now, Harrison? What? Okay, so it's not. Um, he was asked about the early start. And that, and by the way, that today is when Thatcher said no. It's, I'm looking at the transcript now. It's very funny. But Jay Johnson made a joke about, yeah, he was so good today. We're, we're going to see if we can play game one of our regional at 9.30 a.m. 
I think that was on the broadcast after the gotcha. game. That gotcha. was on the the broadcast interview after the game on the uh, on the set. But he made that joke, right? And I was like, ah, a little maybe a little hint that Thatcher Hurd is your game one guy. But if he's if he can throw as well, if you could sort of guarantee as he would throw as well in game one of a regional as he did in game one of the SEC tournament, uh, you'd take that every day because LSU would be in a great position. So Harrison, thanks for doing this uh, impromptu. I think we got to all of our uh, sound bites, which is good. And we'll do this since it's a 4:30 pitch tomorrow. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to stay in the office until after that game is over. Um, but as the Tigers win, of course, we will be throwing together podcasts, hence the name Tigers win. So uh, thanks for listening to this one. We will probably get to another one. It may not come out um, immediately after the game like this one will, um, but we will. Anytime the Tigers win in the SEC tournament, we'll try to have some content uh, ready for you, whether it's this, whether it's the uh, 10th inning show. We ever done an actual Tigers win after a Tigers win? I don't Before. think so. This Just might the be the first, first one. You know, really, when I came up with a name for this podcast, it was um, it was meant to be more baseball-centric. Uh, and the original logos were more baseball-centric. We didn't have a baseball podcast at the time. We had the football. We had the basketball. We were looking for something baseball-oriented. And, of course, as Chris Blair famously says after every Tiger victory, Tigers win, Tigers win. It was the perfect name for it. It became more of a podcast about success, building you know championship strategies. Uh, it has not ever been a, a podcast in which we break down individual games so I guess for this postseason run which we're hoping could be magical and we're expecting to be magical uh, we want to get as much conversation and content around this team as we possibly can uh, as they're succeeding so it's a, uh, a good envelope and a good uh, a good sort of bucket to, to put these uh, these recaps in so regardless uh, as long as the Tigers keep winning we'll keep sending you podcasts we appreciate you listening today and we'll see you next time on the next edition of Tigers Win. 